Welcome back to the Mindset Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Alanis, current Juco Bandit, and most importantly, follower of Christ, on a mission to get myself and every listener 1% better. Each week, this podcast brings you a message or a special guest to help you discover why your mindset matters. Thank you for listening, and let's get right into it. When I was growing up, my mom always told me that what you let in you is going to come out of you, whether that be good or bad. Now let me start this off with an example. If you choose to watch TikTok dances all day, odds are you're going to be doing that later on in the day. I don't know why I pick on TikTok so much, but oh well, deal with it. Look at some of the kids of this generation and how TikTok and YouTube is literally some of their personalities. Like they speak or do the same things over and over and it becomes a part of some of them. Now no hate to the kids. I work with some of these kids pretty frequently at Legends Athletic Performance, shout out the Legends fam, but I see this all the time. The other day this kid is about to start his set and he's like, okay let's go, which is pretty funny, but you see what I'm talking about. Or you see kids flossing or whatever dance is popular right now, or they're rapping these foul songs word for word not even knowing what they're saying. Oh geez, I sound like my mom, but I think you get the picture. In the back of my mind, I'm just like, how do you know this? When I was your age, I was playing with my toy cars, scraping my knees outside, or probably annoying my sister. Now you may be thinking like, ah, silly kids and teenagers and whatnot, but us adults are just the same. The music we listen to, the shows we watch, who we hang out with, all seriously impacts who we become. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33-35, through that a tree is known by its fruit referring to us as trees, saying either make the tree good and its fruits good, or else make the tree bad and its fruits bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Going on to say, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now to put it simply, from out of the condition of your heart, whether it be good or bad, your words will be also. The thoughts you think are a product of your environment, like who and what you choose to keep around you, who and what you see, and who and what you listen to. In addition, what you think about, consciously or unconsciously, is who you are and who you become. What you see and hear around you constantly becomes normal. It doesn't matter how extreme or what end of the spectrum it lies on. Now on one extreme, if everybody in the neighborhood does drugs and drops out of school by 16, that's your norm. And if you don't have anybody to tell you otherwise, most likely you'll just be another fish in the school, swimming with the current. Just another sheep following the flock. And again, I know that's an extreme example, but it's a reality for some people. Or let's say the norm in your family is to graduate high school, or not even that, and go straight to work. Odds are the same will be expected of you unless you have somebody telling you otherwise, planting that seed of opportunity in your head. But more often than not, the average person sees what's around them, the norm, the expectation, and goes for the status quo, what is known and comfortable. Don't be average. Don't be comfortable. Shoot for your potential, what God intended you to be. Anywho, let's say you listen to music talking about drugs and sex and doing whatever or whoever you want to do. Eventually, the lyrics get stuck in your head, 
You think about them more and more, and over time, that becomes your norm. If you think, ah, that couldn't be me. At the end of the day, I still have the choice. I have self-control. I can't be peer pressured. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Conformity is all too common. Nobody but Jesus is bright enough to withstand darkness all around, especially if you're constantly surrounding yourself around that specific influence. For example, if you hang around smokers, odds are you're going to take a hit eventually because curiosity can get the best of us. You say you're not going to drink at that party, but everyone else is, and you think, ah, what's one drink going to do? But one turns into two, and by that point you're like, ah, I'm already here, so why not? So you keep going, completely disregarding the boundaries set for yourself, which is a whole other problem. Or let's say you hang around people who idolize sex and lust, and flaunt how many girls or guys they see, as if it's a competition, and you wonder why you get pulled into the game. Even if you're not playing the game, you care about how many attractive people follow you or talk to you, or you follow girls or guys who wear little to no clothing on social media, these quote-unquote Instagram models or OnlyFans people who sell their bodies for, what, a few bucks? Even for free? Sounds like digital prostitution for me. And that's literally the opposite of a high-value person. But who am I to judge? I've posted my fair share of gym progress pics in the past. The Bible tells us if you think of sin, you've committed sin in your heart. And you may as well have gone out and done that sin. An example of this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, when Jesus says, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It doesn't matter what you think. Oh, but it's just a harmless like. It's just the click of a button. I just looked for a second. I didn't stare. On judgment day, after you go to sleep for the last time, you'll find yourself at the gates of heaven. Your best friend, mom, dad, uncle, grandma, Andrew Tate, whoever, isn't going to be the judge. God is. And in his eyes, a single thought is the same as committing that act. You look a girl up and down in that type of way, you may as well have committed adultery. You think about robbing a bank, may as well have robbed a bank. You think about stealing that Gatorade from the gas station, may as well have stolen it. As it says a few verses before, if you hate someone, you may as well have murdered them. In God's eyes, it's the same. Keep in mind, I am not condoning adultery or stealing or murder. I'm just saying in God's eyes, a thought is the same as the action. A few verses down in Matthew, it says if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I'm not saying literally chop off your hand, but burn the ships. And if you haven't heard that expression, look it up. It's a good one. But if the only thing popping up on your Instagram feed or your For You page on TikTok is half-naked girls or guys causing you to lust, delete the app. If you're constantly talking to girls or guys on Snapchat for no apparent reason other than because they are attractive to you or you want to keep that string attached, that connection, that booty call, your roster, whatever you want to call it, burn the ships, delete the app. And if you can't bring yourself to and use the excuse, but all my friends are on Snapchat, then you're a sheep. If they're really your friends, they have your number, and they won't care if you have Snapchat or not. If you're worried about losing certain friends because you deleted a stupid app, you should reconsider who your friends are. Deeper than that, if you find yourself losing friends because you don't go to parties, because you don't smoke or get drunk, or because you're a virgin or something as dumb as because of the music you listen to, 
you should reevaluate who your friends are. And if anyone tries to tell you you're not cool because of any of those things, I don't know about you, but living a life unashamed, free from feeling like you have to hide anything, and a life that's upright, living for Jesus because he died for us, and because of that, knowing where you're going to spend eternity when all is said and done on this earth, is cool. Dying to yourself and living for Jesus is the most gangster thing you can do, and I stand by that. Which goes into my next point. It's super easy to fall into the trap of living for ourselves, especially in a society, a world, that tells us to follow our hearts, to trust our guts, chase our passions, and that it's our life and we can do what we want. You do you, the world says, but God tells us, be holy as I am holy, to be more like Jesus, to be image bearers of Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be me. I'm at the understanding in my life where I realize I need Jesus to save me. Not just at the beginning of the year when I chose him completely and went all in, but every day I need him to save me. When we choose to give our lives to Christ, he saves us. But even deeper than that, every day we need to choose him, choose to bear our cross, to deny ourselves and our fleshly desires. Because for those of us who have chosen him, he not only saved us at that moment, but is currently saving us day by day. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I die every day. And to that, I say, amen, brother, retweet. Later on in chapter 15, he writes, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Christians are called to be image bearers of Christ so that those who look at us see Christ living in us. If I don't bear my cross every day and set aside my selfishness, I can be grumpy quick to anger, ungrateful, negative, you name it, but definitely not looking like Christ lives in me. I stand with Paul when he writes in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But again, we have to deny ourselves every day. I like how Paul makes the point to write, oh yeah, I die every day, not physically, spiritually. We crucify ourselves every day, pin our mistakes and our fleshly desires on the cross every day so that not only are we able to live the lives God has meant for us, but so we can be image bearers of Christ. To add to this, Jesus essentially purchased a place for us in heaven when he physically took the cross. And when he took the cross, it didn't cost us anything but to bear our own cross, meaning denying ourselves and following him. Scripture that combats these worldly sayings is in Proverbs 3, in which I'm sure most of you have heard the verse, lean not on your own understanding. But if you haven't heard the whole verse or need a refresher, I'm sure it'll shock you. It's just another example of why we shouldn't lean on worldly wisdom and philosophies. Bear with me here, but it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Find them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruits of all your produce. 
then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary in his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves, as a father to the son in whom he delights. Most of us forget what we learned in Sunday school, or at church, or what we read in the Bible, and that's assuming we even do any of those things. But God is saying if we do what the Bible says to do, and stay faithful, steadfast, and obedient to God and His Word, and we write that on our hearts, we'll live long, peaceful, successful, favored lives, not only in the eyes of God, but in the eyes of man. If we trust God and His Word and understand and acknowledge that the Creator of all things knows better than we ever could, we won't have to worry about what path to take. He'll give us direction and stability. If we turn from evil and do what is right out of respect for Him, it brings healing and refreshment. When we honor God with our wealth and everything we have, and do things like tithing and giving selflessly and using wealth as a tool to build up His kingdom, He blesses us with more, and it's this amazing cycle. When we're in the wrong, He disciplines us just as our earthly fathers would, because He wants the best for us, and to become the best versions of ourselves and to reach our potential, and then some. All the things you have been seeking and chasing your whole life are what God wants to give us, but we mess it up for ourselves by acting like we know better, by choosing to live to gratify ourselves, choosing our own way, thinking we know best. I know too many people, my past self included, living their life as if they're God, submitting only to their own wants and fleshly desires, seeking out instant gratification that leaves you more empty and unfulfilled than before, always chasing the next rush, thrill, high, because once it fades, you're met with your empty, ashamed self, knowing you're meant for more than this. Or maybe that's just me. Do yourself a favor and get out of that environment. Burn the ships. Don't flirt with sin. Don't depend on self-control because everyone has a moment of weakness eventually. Other than for kingdom building and bringing people closer to Jesus, as Christians, it's super important not to hang out with unbelievers, especially if you're hanging out just to hang out. As I mentioned earlier, conformity is all too common. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes, Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Referring to the Christians that hung out in the temple of pagan false gods. Referring to them as sitting at the table of demons. Involving themselves in the traditions, games, and lives of unbelievers. They were Christians but acting the same as people who rejected God and didn't believe in Him. If you can't tell the difference between a believer and an unbeliever, then we got some problems, and it is all too common today. Don't get me wrong, I'm no perfect follower of Christ. Nobody is except for God Himself. But I can say I make it a point to bear my cross daily, as we're called to do. And if I do mess up, I can't sleep at night. And I pray what hurts God's heart hurts mine, and I repent. Know I'm forgiven by the blood of Christ, and go on trying to bring myself and those around me one step closer to Jesus. But there are people labeling themselves as Christians, yet living daily as the rest of the world, with no regrets. In the world, and of the world. But as followers of Christ, even though we're in the world, we're called to be not of the world. To stand out as separate from the world. I can't speak for all situations. But it's not like you're being forced to do what unbelievers are doing. It's typically our own will, our own choices. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you will be able to endure it. We all know the fork in the road where you could go one way or another, when you can walk away before you get dragged in too deep. Later on in verse 20, Paul writes, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Paul and I aren't saying that there are demons at your kickback, although there very well could be. Raves and clubs and all that, definitely more likely, but I'll save that for another time. In my last podcast with Wyatt Duncan, we talked about the daily fight of spiritual warfare, the fight of good and evil, how spiritually it is happening constantly, how Christianity isn't a playground, but a battleground. If you're not fighting the good fight and actively walking towards Jesus and bringing others closer to him, you're leaving the door wide open for evil to enter. So if you're out with unbelievers, even stagnant Christians, the ones repping the brand but not walking the walk, be cautious to stand firm in your faith. Don't conform and do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. Be a leader. Test things out. Bring up God in conversation. Do your Christian duty and spread the light, bringing others to the table of the Lord. If they want no part of it or there's some sort of temptation, discern it, resist, walk away, burn the ships, do what you gotta do, but be cautious of what table you're sitting at. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 33, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Now in a positive light, let's say you surround yourself with like-minded, driven, hardworking, goal and growth oriented people who prioritize such things first. That community is going to rub off on you. You get in a groove on your self-growth grind and, and eventually you make each other better. Just as it says in the word, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So my best advice, and something that has helped my Christian walk immensely, is finding a brother or sister in Christ, stagnant, brand new, or wise, and walking together. Having someone to hold each other accountable makes the walk a whole lot easier. And as the Bible makes clear, fellowship is very important. I want to leave you with an encouraging verse I read today, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Today's episode was a lot to unpack, but here are some takeaways. Remember that we are products of our environment, and the things we hear and see are the things that influence our thoughts, and our thoughts are who we become. Remember Matthew chapter 12 and how a tree is known by its fruit. What we let in affects our hearts, and from out of our hearts are the things we speak whether it be good or bad. Remember Matthew chapter 5, and that if your right hand causes you to sin, to cut it off. Burn the ships, cutting off all opportunities for you to fall victim to temptation. Delete whatever apps you need to. Don't go to those parties. Don't hang out with those people. Don't listen to that music, whatever ship it looks like in your life. Be more like Jesus and less like you keeping in mind that we need Him to save us daily for a reason. We're perfectly imperfect, destined to make mistakes, as it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet by the grace of God, He sent Jesus Christ to be our Redeemer, that whoever believes in Him, submitting to Him, 
bearing our cross and bearing his image, shall be saved through him and given the gift of eternal life in heaven. Although the world tells you to follow your heart and trust your gut and all the stuff that sounds good but ultimately will make you a lost sheep, the Bible tells us our hearts are desperately wicked and to not lean on our own understanding. Remember that in Psalms chapter 3. Be cautious of which table you're sitting at, and remember that you can only sit at one, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And in verse 33, he reminds us that bad company ruins good morals. Surround yourself with positive, driven, hardworking, goal and growth oriented people. As it says in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And if you've got a bunch of friends or if you're walking the solo walk, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That about wraps up this episode. I appreciate each and every single one of you listening in as we strive to make the world a better place. One episode, one listen, one person at a time. If you like this episode or it spoke to you or someone you know came to mind, send it over to them. Don't be shy. Their future selves and me will definitely appreciate it. With that being said, until next time, stay positive, love others, and have a good week. Later, and God bless you.